Welcome to That's Rad Adventures in Life, Love, and Wedding Planning from the Pacific Northwest. I am Rad, your host and owner of Rad Occasions, and this is Rob. <laughs> that's all I get. That's all you get. Because <laughs> I've been being a brat, that's why. <laughs> yeah. In case anybody was wondering why I didn't get my fantastical Long husband. intro. Yeah. <laughs> This is season three, episode three, and we're going to talk about the delicate balancing act of owning a wedding business and having a baby. I thought you were going to go with owning a baby and having a wedding business. <laughs> I thought no. for sure that was going to be the mess up. No, no. Um, I know everyone's experience is going to be a little bit different, but this is episode is not to like shame anyone or, I don't know, gloat about our baby or anything like that. No, this, this is... is- just what it is. This is just to say, tell you our experiences. Yes. Like, for example, we are recording this podcast episode um, now that Revy's gone to bed. Yeah. So we don't risk any baby pterodactyl sounds in the background. <laughs> <laughs> or baby babble, or baby crying. Or, or baby... you know, him just grabbing the microphone. Yeah. And trying to put it in his mouth, like everything. <laughs> He is at that age. So, yeah, he's nine months now, and I feel like we've also got a couple of weddings under our belt with him being around. One wedding weekend that we did without any help from family. And so we're going to talk about about that, but I think we should start from basically when you find out you're having a baby? Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I know that there's like, those three months that you're, like, not supposed to tell anyone. And obviously, that's to each their own. And we kept it a secret from everybody who wasn't family. Yeah. It, there was definitely a wedding that we did in the snow. And I was like, okay, I hope no one thinks I'm, like, actually, like, sick sick. Because there's also COVID to worry about, too, at the time. Well, actually, there still is, but at the time, it was, like, really still, like, there was restrictions in place and all of that. So, like, I was like, I hope nobody thinks that, that that's kind of sick I am if I end up getting sick at the wedding. And so I was, like, trying to, like, be prepared. Rob was there, even though, like, I didn't really need any help because it was, like, a 10-person outdoor ceremony. But it was just, like, I need backup just in case I don't feel well. And I feel like we started telling people, like couples anyways, because I wasn't going to be able to do their weddings once like we knew what we were having before having a boy or a girl. And of course that's a personal decision, but I felt like it was good for these couples to know because they had already been told that I was going to be their planner. And then all of a sudden I was changing it on them and somebody from the team was going to be their planner. So I wanted to make sure that there was like enough preparation for that. And then we also like announced it on social media once we knew what we were having. And there was also a lot of talk between you and I mm-hmm. about what it was going to look like was it, as we got closer because I'm guilty of pushing myself while I was still pregnant. <laughs> you can't see this, but I'm giving big nods because she definitely pushes herself. You push yourself all the time, but especially when you were pregnant. Yeah. I have a little bit too much. Yeah. And To I, the point where Nikita and I like had to physically tell you to go and sit down and relax and put your feet up because they were getting very swollen. Yeah, I know. And, like, at that point, too, we also didn't know that I had high blood pressure yet. 
No. So that was another thing too. So it was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I probably should have not been on my feet for that long. I found it really helpful that like I had Rob take over my email communication for like people who are inquiring, um, just for like general things too, because like, I didn't, wasn't really in the headspace to be answering emails. And I also gave myself like a deadline to stop communicating with couples myself, especially because I knew that I would keep communicating with people even because like, I feel like this, like sense of like, I have to do it kind of thing. Well, it's so, your company. I think, uh- a lot of people feel that way when it's their company, their their name on the line. Yeah, and and we sat in our office that like clearly told people like what was going on because I know like I know there's been some vendors out there who are like you respond right away and because like sometimes it was something I had to respond to, but it was still like I think it was also me trying to just like get back to some sort of normalcy. Because having a baby is a trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of flips the world upside down. Well, yeah. and, and as much as you can prepare and read all of the books and watch all of the YouTube videos and do all of the research, I don't think you're ever fully prepared for the change in your life when you have a child. Yeah, and I definitely found that like ha- having like the pregnancy and like having morning sickness and all of that. Like I was actually being a little bit more easy on myself and just being like, okay, I don't have to answer this email right away just because this person emailed me today. So I think I've gotten better at that. And I feel like that's kind of like flowed on to even now that Revy is like nine months old and a little bit and more dependent, independent, I should say, um, in terms of, you know, he doesn't have to be carried everywhere. He can kind of get around himself. Yeah. That kind of thing. I mean, we don't have to be like so careful with his like neck and his and his head and all of that. So, yeah, I think that helps. Yeah, I yeah. think you've gotten a lot better with putting, you know, guidelines and boundaries in and making sure that you stick to those. Yeah, and I know last season we talked about boundaries, setting them as a wedding professional, and I think that episode, like pre- preparing for that episode, like made me see a lot of my blind spots. And then I think also having the experience of like, okay, I'm not feeling great and like I'm not at my best, so I should like just let this go. Like I think that was also like a big change for me. And and we should also talk about like prepping for the experience itself because like we did the classes like Rob said and we like didn't really have a go bag at that point because I got induced. Yeah. We kind of like knew what we wanted to have at the hospital, but it wasn't like all fully packed. It was pretty much like we went to the hospital and they were like, we have to induce you. And I thought it was going to be a couple of days on the wait list, but they were like, no, you can come back like in a couple of hours. And I remember we had to wash the newborn clothes because we knew how a a little bit about how much Revy was going to weigh. And they were like going in the dryer and we still had to go. And Rob was like, I'll come back and get them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was like one, I would say our go bags were like 95% yeah. done. I think the only thing that we hadn't done was washed the newborn clothes, the, the newborn yeah. clothes and had them ready to go. Yeah. And then we also got like some food prep in, which was nice. Um, we got some, and we had like a lot of food brought to us after the fact. And then, 
I, as a planner, of course, I was like, oh yeah, there's a birth plan. Like I was very quickly told, no, it's not a birth plan. They're birth preferences. So, and that was like not just for during, and that was before, during, and after. And still to this day, one of my things in my birth preferences <laughs> was not met. <laughs> Just gonna say that. I know. On I know. the record. <laughs> that was, that was, were they duck dogs? The duck from, dogs from the Courtney room. Yeah. Because they had them on their menu, but they weren't doing takeout. So, if anyone from the Courtney room is listening to this, <laughs> if there's ever duck dogs, please let me know <laughs> before you post it on social media. Thank you. <laughs> I think they're still on the menu, aren't they? No, they're gone. They're no, seasonal. They're, gone? they're okay. seasonal. But let's talk about the first six weeks. Unless I've, did I miss anything I don't in think the before? So. I mean, yeah, the before was kind of a blur. Yeah, because it's been a while now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the first six weeks. Oh my gosh! Like, I'm trying to remember like how we felt even in the first six weeks. What was September? Who was born September sixteenth? Right? Mm-hmm. And so it was not great weather, and we kind of just hold up. Yeah, and I our... remember being in the hospital though um, afterwards because they weren't letting me go yet because of the high blood pressure. And there was a wedding that Celestina was taking care of that weekend, and it poured the day before. And I remember thinking about that wedding, and I was like, why am I thinking about that wedding? Oh, yeah, I'm a business owner. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the sun came up the next day, and I got to go home the next day with Revy and Rob. Yeah, yeah. and you. You're yeah. here. I don't know why you keep talking to me about like that. Yeah. Um, you have to talk to me or talk about me in the third person. Mm, I'm right here. I know. <laughs> I feel like this. It's because this episode, like talking about this, like this experience, feels so surreal. And I know it's only been like a few months since everything happened, but like. We were definitely told that, like, your mind has a way of, like, looking at it with rose-colored glasses after the fact. Mm-hmm. Like, an evolution thing, so that you end up wanting another one. And I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, I do remember that the first six weeks were really hard because we, like, because he needed to eat so often mm-hmm. because of having such a small stomach, like all babies, we weren't hitting like that REM sleep that you get to because the time from the time that he started eating is when like it kicked in for like the two hours, right? Instead of like when the time he stopped eating. And I think that like really was really hard on both of us. And on top of it too, like you're as a person who's given birth, you're trying to heal at the same time. And they're just like, here you go, take care of this newborn baby. And also take care of yourself. <laughs> yeah. We were very lucky that we did have a bunch of meals already prepared mm-hmm. for us. And we didn't have to make anything for at least the first, like, mm-hmm. three or four weeks. Um, <clears throat> which was amazingly helpful. Um, but it was tough. Yeah. I mean... Uh, I was trying to take care of you and Ravi as as best as I could because you were still healing from everything and he was needing to eat every two hours and I I felt very overwhelmed because I felt like I had to be like this rock, the support system for you. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and it probably didn't help that every time we changed his diaper, he cried. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. things that that we think about now, and like every time we changed his diaper, was like huge tears, and just he was so upset about it. And there weren't even any tears because remember we found out they don't actually cry. Yeah, because well, the tear ducts aren't developed. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was very emotional to go through that first six weeks with like you you know how most of the time you do something for a pet or whatever and you get positive reinforcement back from them with with a a baby between like newborn to between i think it's between six and eight weeks Mm -hmm. you really don't get any positive reinforcement yeah you don't even know if like they know that you're there and you're just like okay like this is great you're just crying at me all the time yeah (laughs) it's a lot of crying it's it's a lot of pooping it's a lot of peeing it's a lot of (laughs) it's a lot of everything yeah and I'm really glad that we decided to have a postpartum doula because at the time we couldn't have a doula in the room with the, like the birth room with us. So it was great to have uh, support and we use nesting doula collectives, which is specifically for um, BIPOC, um, for the BIPOC community and they do it all on a fundraiser. So um, if you're looking for an organization to donate to, I would definitely recommend them. Um, they do a, a fundraiser every September, but I understand that they do didn't quite make enough to support 50 BIPOC families. Um, so it would be good for them to be able to do that for other people as well. And it was nice because like, I know people are like, oh, you should nap on the baby naps. And it's like, it's really hard to do that, especially when you're by yourself. Cause you're like, well, they're going to need me at any point in time. So like, it's hard to like relax. But I found that because she was here and I knew he was taken care of, this was like actually any, with any family even, or like if Rob was, or sorry, if you were even home Mm -hmm. that I was like, okay, I can have a nap and like not worry about having to like be on like, you know, sleep with a one eye open basically. Yeah. So, and like, I know we didn't have much for her to do. But, I mean, like, it was nice that, like, you know, somebody could pull her laundry or and just, like, take him for a walk or, like, feed him. Like, it was just, it was really nice to have that support. And I really want to stress this because I ran into some people after the fact because I, that were about to have babies. And I remember them saying that they were, like, self-employed and they didn't have EI. So they were just going to be, like, working still after they had the baby. And I can't stress this enough. But I know my situation was really lucky because I was also working for a financial planner. And so I had EI through that. But if you're an entrepreneur, please do pay into EI. I know, like, it's not very much from what I understand, but it does add up because it's like a dollar fifty something, I think, for every hundred dollars that you make. But at the end of the day, like, if something like this comes up, um, anything like this comes up, then you're covered and you don't have to worry about it. Um, especially for those first six weeks. Like, I don't know, I don't know what I would have done if I had to like work and keep my business going and also take care of a baby and also heal. Mm -hmm. Like that's just so much. When I was really lucky too, because I mean, we got last minute information that you were going to be induced. Uh, my, my company was nice enough to let me go on paternity leave early, like mm-hmm. two weeks early, with 
minimal uh, time to pass off the information that I had with ongoing projects. Mm -hmm. And it was great. I highly recommend any partner to take at least two months off, at least eight weeks off to be with your partner for those first eight weeks of your child being around. Yeah, and if, if you can't even do that, though, like, even later on, that's good, too. Like, basically any time off mm-hmm. is good. <laughs> but, yeah, like, that worked out really well for our situation. And I know that, like, around... You went back to work around six, six, seven, no, eight weeks. Eight weeks. And that is the same time that Revy decided that he was no longer going to sleep in the bassinet, and it was contact naps only, and he had to co-sleep with us, too. Um, so that was quite an adjustment. Yeah. Um, because it was just like you always had this little on you constantly, and it was just like you couldn't get away from him. Now that you, like, want to, but, you know, like, it's... You just need to, like, put him down. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I mean, like, things did start to feel easier in regards to, like, he wasn't crying when he got his diaper changed and, like, he was starting to smile at us, um, like, actually smile at us, not, like, gas bubbles smile at us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, you know, started to realize and, like, wake up that, like, that he, there was other people in this world besides him, not just hands that were constantly burping him and changing his diaper and feeding him. <laughs> Yeah, and around that two-month mark, too, they they start to not um, kind of go to sleep on their own. They don't, because they don't create their own serotonin. So at that point, we really had to help him get to sleep. Because for the first six, was four to six weeks or something? Oh my they, gosh, I know. He would just, like, pass out. Yeah, they just sleep when they need to yeah. sleep, and then they wake up and they cry because they're hungry, so you feed them, and then they... Yeah, you know, and I was like, I was like, this is great. Yeah. I was like, fantastic. He can just go to sleep by himself. But no, that turns out that was very short-lived. That was more <laughs> like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so that was like a little bit of a shock for sure. And I felt like it was never going to end. And I know when we started, it should be like, okay, we need to get him to like sleep by himself. We got him first on nap, sleeping by himself, which was great. Took a lot because it was a lot of crying again Um, in only 20 minute naps. And I was like thinking in the back of my head, like I have to go back to work pretty soon. Like, how is this going to work? And I was just like panicking, being like, I don't know how long this is going to (laughs) last. But you did amazing. I have to give credit to you for for putting in the work to be able to get him to sleep on his own because that was amazing. And the other thing too, though, is like we, well, I decided that we weren't going to do sleep training after I read so much about it and learned that babies don't even know how to like self-soothe themselves at six months. Like this whole sleep training dialogue tells you and then they still like are working from like the amygdala which is like full fight or flight so like it didn't make any sense to me so like we comforted him a lot our backs definitely did not like us um but it happened and then we got him to sleep in the crib overnight and i remember the first night I didn't realize that, like, I shouldn't have let him fall asleep on me like he was used to because I tried putting him down, and it was just bloody murder crying. And I was like, we can't do this. We can't do this to him. <laughs> but then I think we tried again the next night and just didn't let him fall asleep on us like he was used to. And then he fell asleep, like, 
pretty quickly. There was some crying. Yeah. But... I think it took... Yeah, and and then after that, it was just a slow, gradual decrease of, like, how many times he would wake up a night. Um, Because I I know it was, like, every, like, couple of hours, and then it went down to, like, nothing. And we were both like, did you check on him? (laughs) Did you check on him? No. And then, and now it's just, like, once or twice, and it's usually because he lost his soother, which is really nice. And I know I have been told not to tell other parents that this is the situation, because there's a lot of people out there who don't have that. But as somebody else pointed out to me who does have a child who's three years old, every baby is different and no one should be judging us (laughs) or vice versa about our baby. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this is just our experience. This is what happened for us. Everybody else is going to have different experiences. And another thing too that I learned throughout all of this is that like you still have to make yourself a priority. And I've been very guilty, like even yesterday, of not doing that. And I felt like because I was giving so much to our couples and then also trying to like keep the house together and just, and also go back to work um, with the financial planner that I work for in a different role. Like it was all a lot. And and uh, I kind of like ran a little empty and it was it was too too much for me I think this is the point where you've missed it a few times here but really lean on your partner for this kind of stuff like that's what we're here for we are here to support you and make sure that you're taking care of yourself as well yes I know I wrote this down this is what Rob is referring to he's talking about me writing down my notes for the podcast and um Yes, I know I skipped that because I feel like I'm really bad at that. And I was like, I can't really tell people to like lean on their partner when I'm terrible at it. You are <laughs> terrible at it. But you, you have taken that to heart a few times. You have gotten to the point where, and I think it took some, you know, reminding from me that you can do that. But you have leaned on me and, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now Revy is nine months putting his mouth on everything and like yeah (laughs) it's just it's a lot because I got used to him just being kind of mobile and now he's like full on (laughs) yeah well yeah I think like I said you know the challenges with him are are gonna always evolve he's always it's always gonna be a different challenge Mm -hmm. and it might be some things might be a little tougher sometimes It might be a little easier, but it's always going to evolve and always going to be different challenges. So, yeah, definitely some of the things I've noticed that we've changed in the business are how often I answer emails. And I'm also trying to be really conscious of um, how I used to work, like, all the time. And now I'm trying to take it more like, okay, like, evenings are not for working unless, like, it's a rehearsal and it's a one-off because I get that because a lot of people travel to Victoria to have their weddings and they're waiting for like all of their wedding party to be there. That makes sense to me. Um, but I also try not to like work on Sundays unless like, you know, there's one early morning pickup situation going on. Um, and also we kind of just, we didn't take on as much as we could have. Like there definitely was a lot of inquiries for this year because there's a backlog um, because of the last two years, but I just didn't, 
I didn't want to like overwhelm myself for the first season back, especially because we haven't done as many weddings the last two years because of the pandemic. Plus I didn't know it was going to be like having a baby, even a nine month old and running weddings every weekend. And we're very lucky that we have your mom coming down to help us. And like I said, at the beginning of this episode, we did one wedding where she wasn't here to help us. And it like just adds a whole other layer to that weekend where like you're kind of also like worried about your baby and like making sure that he's taken care of. And yeah, it's, it's nice to know that like there's someone else who can help you out with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know like we also had a conversation about me taking a full year off. Um, but I don't know. I feel like the wedding industry is really fickle and I could be wrong about this, but I didn't really feel comfortable in taking a year off and missing a wedding season. Um, because I felt like you would kind of get forgotten about. Um, maybe it's just me being paranoid, but that's, that was how I felt about the situation. Yeah. I don't that. I felt the opposite. I think you could easily take a year off. And I mean, you, you and your brand are so well known and so respected. I mean, I see you when you're out at events. I see you out even just in the street. We get stopped and you get recognized as rad from rad occasions. Yeah. Okay. You have a good point. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's just my own, my own thing that I got to work out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm also trying to also not be on social media as much because I feel like that's kind of also a drain on your time and also just kind of how you generally feel as a person because you're like looking at everyone else's highlight reel and so like you're somewhere in your brain that like your brain forgets that and you're just like, no, these are real people too. They are just, they're not going to show like all the other stuff that's going on in their life. (laughs) So yeah, I definitely want to do that and, and who knows, maybe I will feel comfortable enough at one, at some point to take a year off, but not yet. No. No. Well, and I think as we go, like priorities shift and we have a family now, so that becomes more, you know, of We've a always had a family. Yes. <laughs> we have. We have a Bebe now. We have a bebe now. <laughs> we have a rubby. Yeah. And like I I also wanna be sure that like he doesn't feel like we're um not paying enough attention to him. Because like I know he sees us on our phones, even though he doesn't know what our phones are. <laughs> um, and like I don't want him to feel like he's being ignored for an inanimate object. So I'm trying to be really conscious of that, too. Yeah, and I do as well. I try to make sure that, like, when I get home, my phone goes away so I can pay attention to him. Definitely. And I think that it's really good that we've got couples that really understand the boundaries that we have in place because we want to make sure that we're spending enough time with each other and with Rebby and and. We also recognize that these couples, um, how can I say this? That they understand that we are giving us their full, or sorry, we're giving them our full attention. Um, and they don't feel like forgotten about because like 
I'm taking a weekend off or something like that. So I think that really helps to having the right people in our corner as our clients and even just the right people in our corner for help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that about covers it. Like I said, at the very, very beginning of the season, we are keeping these episodes short and sweet, partially because of wedding season um, partially because we're also doing this in our off time when Revy's asleep and I wanted to just keep all of the information going and this episode really came out because I've had a lot of people ask me what it's like to have a baby and balance wedding business so I thought this would be a good way to answer everyone's questions. And I don't know if you know this yet, but we do have podcast merch that we released this year. So if you want to go check that out on our website, um, that's radpodcast.ca, I think. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> Add the link in the description. Yes, yeah. I will do that. And we will see you, well, we'll talk to you next week depending on how tired we are after our weddings. (laughs) We might have to skip a week. We'll see. And in the meantime, stay rad.